Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Shiron Ben Sarah, and also for Avraham Alter Ben Rivka. I'm so happy to have on today's show Rebbitson Abby Fink. Rebbitson Fink is a Rebbitson of Young Israel of New Rochelle in New Rochelle, New York, and she is also a teacher at Manhattan High School for Girls in New York City. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do. It froze there for a second. Okay. Hi, Vera. Hi. Very nice. Very nice to be on your program and, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Okay. So yes, it's true that the reason I do qualify to be on your podcast is because I am the Rebbitson in Young Israel of New Rochelle. And I also am a teacher and um, a guidance mentor in Manhattan High School for Girls. So I feel very blessed to really live a full life. I, I'm, I'm a wife, a mother, I'm a grandmother, I'm a teacher, I'm, I'm a Rebbitson. And I would say really most of all, and, and it encompasses all the others, but um, I am a member of Kal Yisrael. And that makes me feel very privileged and, um, and very, very good about um, my situation all around. Beautiful, beautiful. And actually, we're, our interview today is going to be about Klal Yisrael and, and Jews and community. And I know that something that you feel strongly about is the comfort of community. New Rochelle is a very large Jewish community and has recently grown considerably with over 40 new families moving in over the past two years. We really, really have grown a lot and nearly that many babies being born in the community, too. Every Jew is a significant part of their community. And with so many Jewish communities in the United States and abroad, both large and small. Can you please talk to us about how every individual Jew is an important part of the entire Jewish community? Yes, and it's a pleasure to take that question. And that question is actually a subject that's very close to my heart because I do feel strongly that although we are all individuals, every Jew is a part of their larger community. And in fact, that is how we have communities altogether. If it were not for the individuals who make it up, we would never have communities. So it's an important part of living a Jewish life in our contemporary society today. And the truth is, it always has been an important part. I'd like to make the distinction because I know that Chazal make a statement about all of us in terms of how we see our, ourselves. And a person should say to themselves, which I would take literally and would say it means I, I, I'm, 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 I need to be humble because I'm insignificant in comparison to the giant whole wide world that's out there. I'm such a tiny, tiny spark in, in the whole global scene. However, that same person who says with his right hand, Anochi Afar contribution can only be very small, is also encouraged to make the, the statement, 
the whole world was created just for me. And I could wonder how can those two concepts be juxtaposed and both be true? And I believe the answer is totally within the fold of community. Yes, I left to my own devices, I'm only one tiny small piece. However, if I combine with all those around me, so then the world was created for me and for you and for all of us that now become one single unit. The power of the Tzibur, the power of the community is enormous and it's so much larger than any one person. And I'd like to give a few examples. Um, in terms of getting things done, right? We know that everyone has their talent and their asset in terms of what they can do well. And none of us could do everything well. So whereas if I take on a project on my own, it's true, I would hope that I would succeed in what I know how to do, but how much more successful that project would be if everyone works on it together. So the Tibor, the community counts so much more. Similarly, in terms of tefillah, in terms of prayer, we know that there's an advantage to be praying to have tefillah b'tzibur in terms of the whole community together. And that's why recently in the pandemic, so many people felt alone and isolated. Um, I know my husband, who's the rabbi of this community in Young Israel of New Rochelle, took it very seriously. Two years ago, Purim time and Pesach time, when our shul was closed, and we had no option other than to dive in on our own, a single individual. Felt so strange. We knew those tefillot, those prayers were being accepted because there was no other choice. But when we all were allowed to come back to shul together, the power of the tzibur makes itself felt. So that's another way in which community is so strong. The feeling of togetherness, the feeling of celebrating together, the feeling of mourning together, all of that embodies community. And although a person hypothetically could live alone um, and try their best to function alone, we are so much more enhanced when we live as a community. It's so true. It's so true. Everything that you said, you know, when we have in a larger community, as I mentioned earlier, there's so many new, new families moving in. There's so many new babies coming in. Unfortunately, there are also people passing away with the power of community. We all have the ability to come together to cook meals for those new moms to provide shiva platters and to pay shiva calls to the people who have had somebody pass away in their families. And the more people we have in the community, the more comfort we can bring to families. So it's really, really true. And everybody does bring their own talents. Everybody, you know, when it, when it comes to Purim and making the Mishlachman note baskets or um, to getting to getting ready for the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, all the different holidays require different things from our communities. And there are certain people that have certain talents. You know, we have people right. who have the talent in business. People have the talent in creativity, in graphic design, and all different areas. And they really, really contribute to the to the functioning and to the well-being of the shul and to the community. So it's really, it really special. I would comment further on what you're saying. I remember this past summer, I believe, we had a kiddush 
hosted by the shul for all those 40 young families that you're talking about. We had it in the backyard of the shul, that new space that was created a few years ago. And it was so interesting to me to watch our new families, plus the administration was there. So those are the families who are staunchly involved in the goings on in shul. But to see the new families and each of them with their children and some babies and some toddlers and some teenagers interact and meet each other. And the baby's gurgling and, and there's nothing cuter really than that. And, and to see both sides, how, how truly happy they were to join our community made me feel really good. Like even during the pandemic, there are families moving in. Even now people can join. And on the other side, how welcomed they were. They really were welcomed. Yes, and yes. no one said, well, you know what? We have this many families in shul now. So who needs another one? X number. No one felt that way. Everyone felt welcome. It's wonderful to have you. The more we grow, the more we have. And I, I, I almost feel bad for those who who live in a neighborhood where community is not important. This is a very good point. And there might point. be many observant families in those neighborhoods, but if you're not part of a community and you don't have that sense of togetherness and caring, you're missing a lot. You might not even necessarily realize what it is that you're missing, but if you ever visit the homes of people who do consider themselves strong members of a community, You'll see the difference and it's there. It's true. It's a hundred percent for sure. And so speaking about a large Jewish community, it's inevitable that in a Jewish community of any size, one person may end up hurting another. Oftentimes it's completely unintentional and inadvertently, but the hurt remains. And this type of situation often makes it uncomfortable for the people involved to see each other in shul or at various communal events. So I want to ask you, what is the best way for someone to handle a situation if they have been hurt by a fellow congregant? Okay, that's a question. That's a, that's an important question. And that's almost an inevitable question. Yeah. So I would answer as follows. I would say the truth is that sadly, hurt and pain are part of living. Much as we can live and we love to live with happiness, but when all of us interact together, ignoring for the moment the concept of community. When all of us live together, hurt is almost impossible to avoid because you have families who live in close proximity, right? Those families love each other fiercely. But even so, by virtue of the fact that they live together so, so closely, we almost can't help hurting someone else because we don't even realize um, what it is that's hurtful to them, or we're in such a rush sometimes, and all of us are, that we do something that we later regret, and it caused hurt and pain to someone else. So within families, this, this hurt can exist within in neighborhoods, um, it can exist, and in communities, Yet, yes, it could, it could exist. Sometimes it's an outright argument, that really um, is a difference of values, of opinions, and people take it personally. 
which hard to comment on the next person's reaction, but some people do take it very personally. And sometimes it's just unwitting. The first person didn't even realize that he insulted the second one. So when you ask the question, how could that be dealt with? These, These are the thoughts that come to my mind. One reaction might be, and I don't agree with it, but one reaction might be for a person to retreat into himself or herself and say, you know what, this is too risky for me and um, it's painful, the hurt that I'm being caused. And therefore, either I'll withdraw from having anything to do with that person or a worse situation would be I'm going to withdraw from the whole group. I'm just going to live more on my own and depend on myself. And that way I won't be hurt. It is one reaction. And, And some people resort to that. Yes. Um, another person could say or feel, how could it be that that person did that to me? And don't they know about me X and Y and Z and, and, and the, the disinterest of them and, and, the, and the discourteousness of it, of how they reacted and hold a grudge. And now when I see them, I'm going to cross to the other side of the street or I'm going to talk to this friend and not to them. And, and, and I hold that grudge. I disagree with that too, certainly in theory. I try hard. No one's perfect, we're all human, but I try hard to avoid feeling that way because it takes too much energy. Yeah, it just does. Sure. It, it, it takes too much energy. And I keep reminding myself, oh, yes, that's the person I don't talk to because that's the person who did such and such. And Chaval, for someone who would need a translation, I would say, what a shame. What a shame that I spend my time and my energy in that negative way. I don't want to spend my time that way. So my suggestion would be, if it's at all possible, my suggestion would be, see if there's a way to bring it out in the open. And the meaning, speak to the other person about what it is that you feel and that you think they did. Now, that's not always an easy path to follow, but, you know, one of the fringe benefits really of being a Rebbitzin is that I live in many different situations and I have witnessed many different situations. And sometimes people really don't even realize that the other person was insulted. So to kind of write them off because of what they did when they don't even know they did it. Is so unfortunate. That's a friendship that could blossom in truth, but it doesn't. So it, I think if we take the first step and kind of jump forward into it and, and look to have a, a meeting, a discussion, even a note, a letter, any kind of communication about the incident, it gives the space to open it up and, and rediscuss it and for both parties involved to really feel better and realize most of the time that the other person never even meant to hurt them in the first place. It's so true what you say, because sometimes we're offended by somebody and the other person has no clue that they did anything or that they said anything and that we're so affected by, right. you know, by something that we perceived as a wrong. Yes. It's very yes. I, 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 I think that, and I, I recognize that, somebody who's watching this podcast might say, well, you know, that's an easy thing for her to say. 
And I'll tell you that I've done it. I've done it on different occasions. And almost 100% of the time, I walked away feeling um, relieved, better, encouraged, happy, and, and, and ready for the new potential relationship to re-evolve re itself if and, and, and start all over again. So why shouldn't we take advantage of that? Right. After speaking to the, to the other person, you're saying, yes. I do think that. Yes. I do think that. Okay. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, each Jew is significant. And each one of us has a potential to make a difference in our community. So what are some ways that each Jew can make an impact on their community and also on each other? Okay. A way, I think, that we can make an impact on our community. First thing I would say is be natural, be yourself. Don't go into the situation saying, now how am I gonna make an impact on my community? Just live, really <laughs> just live. Just live and, and don't try to be who you aren't. Be comfortable being yourself and have confidence and have faith that you're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. People will want you for whom you, for who you are. And they'll want to be your friend for who you are. And you'll be able to contribute into the community. For sure. Yes. Once more for who you are. So that would be my first and foremost. Another thing I would say is in order to make um, an impact on the community, I should look first I think, to know myself. And I should look within myself and I should see if I can find what are my strengths. I know that I have vulnerabilities. I know that I have weaknesses, but let me see if I can identify those strengths and then use those strengths to volunteer in some way. See if you can find a niche within your community where those strengths are needed and offer them. You'll have the good feeling knowing that you're not being called upon to work on something that you're poor at. Rather, since you're the one who's volunteering and stepping forward, you're volunteering with a strength. So you come in already at the beginning, a little bit ahead. And that's a good feeling to know that what I'm going to work with and on is something that I just feel intrinsically I'm, I'm good at. I would say, if we could, take the initiative. Now, now that's a little bit sensitive because at the same time that we want to take the initiative, we're not looking to grab the spotlight. Right. I don't think anyone should always be in the spotlight. That's what a community is. We're all in this together. And yet, if you can find a way to weave yourself into the community by taking the initiative in something, um, it, it, might, it, it might actually aid you to become part of that community. And then I would say, if for whatever reason, that's not your personal personality style, you're not a person who, who just feels comfortable doing that. And there are many of us who do not feel comfortable to take the initiative. So then I would say, allow yourself to be drawn in. 
You don't necessarily have to take the initiative, but if you're approached, don't back off. Allow yourself to be drawn in and allow yourself to agree to be a part. And I would add, don't be afraid. Don't think that others are expecting perfection. They're not gonna get it if that's what they're expecting because none of us are perfect. But, but we all have assets and, and, and those assets could help me and, and could help others. And I thought of a story actually, Vera, it's a yeah. true story. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's just an event that happened in my life that I would, I would venture to repeat here. Okay. So you know that I work in Manhattan High School and, and Manhattan High School is a, um, is a competitive school. It's an excellent school. The reason I regard it as an excellent school is because it has academically high standards, but it also has community-wide, looking at the student body as the community, community-wide high standards, that girls should get along with each other, that they should go out of their way to be friendly, they should go out of their way to be helpful, and um, they should go out of their way to identify with and, and, and participate together in different activities. So that's the, that's the high bar. And we, the teachers, look to um, help that along. There was a situation which nobody intended for it to happen, but there was a situation where um, one particular event went wrong. It okay. did. It, it did not succeed and, and, and it went wrong. And there were a number of people who were involved and you could always look back and say, it's for this reason or for that reason, hard to be able to pinpoint. And if they would know, that's what hindsight is, right? If only we knew this, but we didn't know it. And it, it, so I remember a day or two later discussing it with the principal and everyone knew about it. It wasn't a secret. But I remember saying to her, you know, what do we take from this? I, I would not want to take from this that a person should say, well, you know, because that happened, the lesson I learned is don't be involved with it. And if you're not involved with it, then that can't go wrong because you're not doing it to begin with. So it's not going to go wrong. I said to her, you know, that could mean, so I wake up in the morning, so I'll say, well, well, who knows? This might go wrong today. I might be hurt with that today. Um, whatever the mishap is. So I'm not going to even try. I'm just going to turn around on the other side of the bed and go back to sleep. And that's my day. <laughs> but why should somebody do that? Really, why should somebody react that way? Okay, it went wrong. Agreed. Agreed. Acknowledged. It went wrong. Let's move further. Let's move past it. It might even be that by picking ourselves up and pushing forward and going past it, even that is a lesson to the students that you can fail and it's okay. And if you fail, stand up and try all over again. And this time it might work. It's really an important lesson. A hundred percent. I love that lesson because yeah, a lot of people feel defeated by failure. You know, they yes. do something wrong and they feel defeated. And they're like, no, I'm not even going to bother trying next time. Forget it. But you're right. Acknowledge, definitely acknowledge something went wrong and try to learn from our mistakes and then get up and then just move forward and do it again. And don't let it defeat you. Don't let it defeat you. I agree. And it, again, it's one of those things that's 
it's easy to say it. It's even yes, yes. easy to tell it to myself. It's hard to do. Yes. If you're the one, then you have to be the one to stand up from the floor and push yourself back up. Yep. And you have to be the one to put your right foot forward and, and start again. But say to yourself, this is so worth it because it, it's my participation in life. It's my partici- participation in togetherness. And it's worth a second try. For sure. Definitely worth a second try. A hundred percent. And I also want to go back for, for a minute to say, um, when you were talking about, you know, use your areas of strength and expertise and participating in, um, in shul events and community events, we all have so much to give as we were mentioning in the beginning, like for example, doctors can help put together blood drives, yes. you know, for, for example, um, we have somebody in our community is amazing at graphic design to help with invitations. Yes. You know, you, you can use your strengths in a variety of different areas. We have people who are good in finance and, you know, in raising money for the shul, like everybody has Absolutely. their area of strength and everybody can contribute in some way. Agreed. Agreed. And, 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 and that's a point that's worth honing in on, you know, it's a point that because it involves the sense of self, so it's sensitive and yet it's worth honing in on because I would want to live that way. So if I, us, we want to live that way, repeat it. I should repeat it to myself and tell it to myself again. It's a brand new day many new opportunities. Let's grab them. Exactly. Exactly. For sure. I totally agree. Um, And something that's very important to mention is the power of sharing among Jews from challah baking tips to stock tips from helping with carpool to giving medical advice. We all have an area of expertise to share. As we were just mentioning, we all have an area of expertise to share with one another. So from your almost 40 years of experience as a Rebbitzin, what are some ways that you have seen Jews have a powerful impact on each other through the power of sharing? I, I see which part of the sentence you emphasized about power of sharing. And yet my ear heard from your 40 years of experience. <laughs> and I'm reminding myself that it really is almost that long, even though it doesn't feel that way. And it, 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 it's, a, it's a tribute to being a part of the rabbinate, of rabbinic families, to be able to say, my goodness, look how much time went by and I don't feel it. I don't feel it. So it means that, it means that we look at the years that have passed in a positive way. Yes. And I'm so, I feel so fortunate to hear you say that sentence and be able to look at it positively and agree with you, yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. There are many ways and areas that we can share. So here's what I would say. And all the things that you mentioned are important. And I wouldn't consider any of them trivial. In any way that a person can share, all the better. All the better for everyone. But my favorite way that I would imagine is a way to share is actually sharing yourself, sharing of yourself. And that might be the hardest one, sharing of yourself. Now, I'll give an example of what I mean. I think that our particular community, Young Israel of New Rochelle, excels in the mitzvah of nichum avelim, of comforting mourners. Yes. And I have met people 
at different Shiva houses when there were mourners who were sitting Shiva, who walked in the door and said, you don't know me, I am so-and-so, I moved in two months ago, we have never met, but I heard that you're sitting Shiva and I feel I must come to share with you um, in your sorrow. And they sit down and they proceed to listen to stories about the person who passed away. To me, that's magnificent. It's beautiful. It's absolutely magnificent. Mm -hmm. It's sharing of yourself. It's taking a part of your time and your day, which everyone knows could be spent somewhat differently, but sharing yourself and coming to others and humbly saying, I'm so sorry for what happened to you. And I want to share it with you. And I see that as a giant power of community. Now, our community excels in other things also. Purim is coming up. Our Mishloach Manot is legendary. Um, The fleet of cars that travels to many areas of the tri-state area and gives out tzedakah, bo bayom, on the day of Purim is legendary. Our community is known for that. And all of that really qualifies as giving of yourself. You know, it's not easy. I remember my husband came home once for a trip on Purim. And he said to me, Abby, it must have been 37 cars. I couldn't stop counting in a snowstorm. And nobody said, I'm not going today. They all said, well, the families need the money. Let's give it to them on Purim. Every car came home safely. Every car came home safely. I was struck by that. I was I was speechless. Every car came home safely. So to me, that is giant. And that and that is sharing of yourself. And and that's how if we all share of ourselves, each one in our own way, so then the community builds upon itself, level on top of level, on top of level, and, and we have a skyscraper. So there we go. I want to add two more thoughts on this. Yes. I learned it in high school and I repeat it sometimes now that I teach in high school. There's the word Natan, nun taf nun sofit, which means gave. The, the word um, Naton is one of the words that's a palindrome. So when I double check this before, palindrome means if I spell it frontwards or backwards, it spells the same word. Nun taf nun spells the same word. So Chazal, our rabbis say to us, you know why Natan got written and incorporated into the Hebrew vocabulary as a palindrome? Because when a person gives, they get back. Wow. And, And when you think about it, it's really true. I know when I come home from doing something nice for someone, and, and especially, I think, if it was a difficult thing for me to do, for whatever reason, the time was tight, I had to squeeze it in, or it wasn't something I really wanted to do. And I sort of talked it into myself, yes, it's the right thing, just do it. And then when I come back, I'm so proud. I feel so good. I feel like, yes, we really did a good deed. I gave, and then I got back at least as much as I gave, at least as much as I gave. And that's the power of sharing. One other idea that just occurred to me actually today, but, but I wanted to say it, and it is, you know, we think of sharing as giving. And it occurred to me, many of us say sometimes, 
well, we would rather be on the giving end, right? I, I would rather be on the giving end. And, and, and may God bless me that I can be on the giving end and not have to be on the taking end, on the accepting end. The thought occurred to me, accepting is also giving. True. Because when you accept from others, then you are allowing others to feel good. You are allowing others to feel useful. You are allowing others to feel powerful because they're helping you. And we all realize that we wish we didn't need help, right? I, I wish I could be self-sufficient. Well, the sad news is nobody can be self-sufficient 365 days a year, all the days of their life. No one can. No one can be self-sufficient. Everyone needs help at different junctures for different reasons, some more than others, but everyone needs help. So I think a point that I, I do want to make, and especially because I, I saw it differently today, but it struck me and it, it touched a chord, is that mm -hmm. let's allow ourselves when we need it to gratefully and humbly accept help. Because we do, we do need the help. And by accepting this help, we actually are also giving to others and allowing them the possibility to give of themselves as we do so often. Amazing, amazing. It's so true. When we accept from others, we allow them to, we allow them to give to us. And right. in term, it really is, that's a form of right. giving. Right. And all this, every one of the questions that you asked me has to do with community. Yes, for all sure. All of them. They have to do with community. It's how a community is formed. Yes. And then it's how a community sustains itself. Yes. And maintains itself. And, and, uh, and I'm so proud to be a part of our community. And I know there are many other communities out there that flourish and thrive and wonderful for them. May it be so for all, as we said in the very beginning. Yes. Amazing. All the communities within Kal Yisrael, may they all, all of them thrive and all of them flourish. But I think it's worth it to have a discussion like this because we unwrap the pieces and open it up so that we could discuss what's inside of it and how does a community, what does it consist of? What are the building blocks? And, and, and how, does it, how does it grow? And, and how do we keep it together? Beautiful. Exactly. You know, it's very, it's a very, very important topic. I'm so glad that we addressed it. And I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Robertson Fink, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Robertsons. We really appreciated you having you here. And may today's class be for the Rafu Shalema of Sharon Ben Sarah and also for Avraham Alter Ben Rifka. Thank you Amen. so much for being here. Thank you. Amen. Hatzlacha Thank you so much, Amen. <laughs>